Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Beyonce, you look like Luther Vandross. Oh, but make it fashion. But you ain't heard that from me. Fierce. Can't stop. You see, when you do <laughs> clownery, the clown comes back I to bite. I ain't gonna sleep because of y'all. It's Britney, bitch. Y'all not gonna get we no sleep because of me. Who said that? Welcome to Back Issue. A weekly podcast that revisits formative moments in pop culture that we still think about. This week, we're going to take a pause from pop culture and talk about us, Tracy. Are you talking about that show that everybody watches and cries but keeps watching it? No. Oh, the um, Jordan Peele movie that still scares me to this day. No. Um, Brandy's song? The hit single from <laughs> From Full Moon? Yeah. No, no. I'm talking about me and you. Like, our mental health. Cut the music, please. Cut the music. Hi, producer Emmanuel here. This is where we usually feature pop culture clips that make you go, I haven't thought of that since Benefer 1.0. But in honor of our mental health episode, we wanted to do things a little differently this time. How about we use this time to get out of our heads and into our bodies and just breathe? All right, on your next inhale, breathe in gratitude that your body has gotten you this far. And breathe out all those years Aaliyah's music wasn't available for streaming. (sighs) Breathe in some healing. And breathe out Nicki Minaj's recent tweet about her cousins, friends, and gorged testicles. (sighs) Actually, let's exhale again because there's two of them. I feel a lot lighter, don't you? Great. I love this for us. Now back to Josh and Tracy. Each week, we'll go back into the past and revisit unforgettable moments we all think we remember. And learn what they can teach us about where we are now. I'm Tracy Clayton, therapy evangelist, and do you have a second to talk about therapy? (laughs) I love your pamphlet. (laughs) I'm Josh Gwen, and how do you feel about that?
Hey, Trace. Hey, Josh. How you doing, friend? Oh, uh, you know, just trying to act like the world's not burning down when it is, and it's evident from every room that I stand in in my house. I'm just trying to chill, you know? Can I tell you a secret? Yes. I have been asking people how they're doing just out of literal reflex, out of muscle memory. Yeah. And then it leaves my lips, and I'm like, ugh. I'm sorry, I did not mean to put you in that headspace, because I know. <laughs> Seriously. I feel like a lot of us are struggling right now. Yes. There was this TikTok, and there's this picture of this girl. She's just sitting in a bed, and there's this voiceover, and it's like... There's wildfires all over the globe. There's flooding all over the globe. Literally, the effects of climate change that they've been talking about happening for the past 50 years are happening now before our eyes. Are you guys excited? Let's go back to work. Let's keep working. Keep working. Keep I feel like that's how we all feel right now. Is this the new New York sitting on the bed all dressed mean? Literally that. Yeah. Literally yeah. that. Okay, 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 okay. So what about this? Tell me if this is a good idea or an amazing idea. My favorite thing to do. It's my favorite game too. Am I right or am I really right? <laughs> um, What if we made this episode of Back Issue just like a little therapy session, tune in, check up, check in with our favorite psychologist? Dr. Joy? I mean, unless you have another favorite psychologist to confuse nope, her with. No, it's Dr. Joy. It's Dr. Joy. And by Dr. Joy, we mean Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, clinical psychologist and the founder of Therapy for Black Girls. Fantastic Instagram account, fantastic podcast, fantastic website. Mm. Everybody should go check it out. We spoke to Dr. Joy last season, I don't know if you remember, but we talked to her all about the psychological toll of the pandemic and specifically how the lack of human contact is impacting us and changing our lives. And you can listen to that wherever you find your podcasts. But I'm glad we have Dr. Joy back because I have so many more questions, Trace. So many more questions, so many more stresses. <laughs> okay. So instead of a regular episode, think of this as the learn something from this segment that we have at the end of every episode. Wait, I just had a thought. What? What if you walked into your therapy session and it was Tyra Banks and she was your therapist? I hold in my hand two forms of cognitive behavioral therapy. <laughs> do you stay or do you go? I don't know what I would do. <laughs> but think of this episode as that segment extended. Learn something from this, the episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to be hitting some of the stuff that we've been feeling, that our friends have been feeling. Like being really sad for extended periods of time. Like being burnt out and feeling like you have no motivation. Like not being able to get off the couch because you're slave tired. <laughs> like capitalism. Oh, man. <laughs> We're so happy to have our unofficial, unauthorized therapist <laughs> for Back Issue, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford from Therapy for Black Girls, back with us. Legally and probably ethically, she can't give us medical advice. <laughs> but I'm hoping she can help us through what feels like the series finale of the United States of America. Ooh. Oh, Lord. Feels like we're jumping the shark. <laughs> so no pressure, but fix our lives. <laughs> right. Please save us. Somebody save us. I think that at the very least, we just want to process some things that are going on ourselves and also help our listeners process some things. Yeah. Just in case they're not having a great time. Honestly, if you are having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? Send us an email and tell us <laughs> how. Tell us how. Tell, tell the rest of us. <laughs> right. 
One of the things that I can't make sense of is it feels like we're all lying to each other. There's this dissonance that I feel mm. where it feels like on one hand, we're acknowledging that we're all living through this thing, this pandemic, racial uprisings and environmental catastrophes. Yes. But then at the same time, there's nothing tying us together. We're not grieving this moment together, even though we're experiencing it together. Mm. And I remember when 9-11 happened, we grieved for a long time together. But right now, I feel like if I go to the grocery store, I'll look at someone and we'll both be like, girl, you look tired. Okay, so you're going to work tomorrow, right? And that, I just, I can't wrap my head around what's going on. Do you think that our collective empathy is shrinking? Or is it just the amount of stuff that we're going through? Mm. Yes. So both of those things. I think there is so much going on right now that it feels really hard for people to know what to pay attention to first. Like what feels like it's on the most fire kind of thing, right? (laughs) And honestly, some of it is protective, right? Because if we allowed ourselves to really feel all of what we're feeling, like would we even be leaving the house? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Absolutely not. Yeah. And so, you know, some of it is designed to kind of keep our bodies from like not experiencing like the shock of everything happening Mm. all at one time. But I think that that is concerning. I actually just read an article recently. I think it was in Rolling Stone. I, I forget where it was, but about how the simultaneous tragedies they feel like are actually dipping into our empathy mm. and making it more difficult for us to care yeah. about the things because, again, so many things are happening at once. Sheesh. I'm wondering if we are not even aware that we're not grieving or if we're not aware that grieving is a thing that we have to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if you can talk to us about like grief and its function and like what does it do to our like brains and bodies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. So I think a lot of people have thought that grief was only about the loss of loved ones or the loss of, you know, people who were meaningful to us. Mm -hmm. But really, grief is related to anything that has had meaning to us. And when it ends or when it's over, we grieve the loss of not having that thing anymore. Mm -hmm. So the loss of normalcy, Mm -hmm. right? You know, I think there's a lot of conversation around post-pandemic, even though it doesn't feel like we're close to a post-pandemic yet. (laughs) You know, but people are really grieving the loss of like what our lives were like before March. Mm -hmm. I think we're grieving... The loss of routine. We are grieving the loss of being close with loved ones right now. You know, though some people have regained some of social gatherings and stuff like that, a lot of people haven't. And so for a lot of us, our lives have been shaken up. And so we do have to grieve this idea and let go of this idea that we are ever going back to where we were. Mm -hmm. And that's really uncomfortable, right? We don't do really well with unknowns and like, oh my gosh, what is happening? But I feel like that's what we're being forced to do in this moment and to really reckon with the idea that whatever is going to be on the other side of this pandemic is not going to be what was before. And we will have to Mm -hmm. individually and collectively figure out what that next thing looks like. Is burnout related to that grief? Because I feel like there's no one in my life right now that's not burnt out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yes. And that's not something I've ever experienced before. Yeah. Usually it's like one person at a time. Right. <laughs> and now it's just like collective burnout. Yeah. Like what's going yeah, on? I, well, I think that the burnout comes from like the complete failure of all the systems that we thought would be in place to save us from something like this. Mm. So we thought the CDC and all the other like health things would be in place to like save us from something like 
like a pandemic or at least mm-hmm. be able to act quickly enough so that millions of people would not have died from this, right? right. Or, you know, like the rental moratoriums and public safety mm-hmm. system after system is just failing us mm-hmm. right now. And so I think people tend to think about burnout as like this individual, like you're not working hard enough, right. but really burnout comes from these systems just completely failing us and us trying to scrap and do whatever we could to kind of make it work. But the system is not really built to work. Mm. So if the system is outside of us, is there a way to avoid the burnout? Like what do, what am I supposed to do? With it? No, I, I think it is about taking moments to rest, right? Like I think going back to your earlier point of why it feels like we're not acknowledging like the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. I think those moments of joy are those moments where you're watching whatever on Netflix or whatever mm. or would allow you to kind of go in and out of fighting another day, right? You mm. know, so I think we know that the systems aren't working, but I think a lot of us are also working to rebuild systems that do help most people, right? To, mm-hmm. That do help the most marginalized among us, but we can't continue to do that work if we're not also refueling and, you know, doing the, the care that we need to really take care of ourselves. Right. Everybody needs to lay down, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's hard, though. I mean, well, not to blame everything on capitalism, but also to blame everything on capitalism. Right. (laughs) It it feels like collectively, like, what are we doing? Right. You know, like, we're trying to push kids back into school. We're trying to send the teachers back into the doctors, the nurses, the people in the hospitals are done, y'all. Like, there is just so little left to give. And I feel like nobody's really paying attention to the fact that we really just need a hard rest right now. Like, this next year really could be taken off. Yeah. But nobody's going to do that, right? Because nobody wants the economy to fail. And right. But we know that there's money to like keep things afloat if they wanted to. Right. And now that that bill has been rung, they're trying to unring it. And it's like, <laughs> mm, I have memorized that song, child. You're not about to, <laughs> you're not rolling back the tape on <laughs> right. that one. Right. A thing that I also wonder about this is everything is changing all the time every day, but we're also like still stuck in our homes and we're quarantined. Mm-hmm. Like I just moved into a new apartment so that I can be stressed just in a different apartment. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I just want the experience of being stressed out someplace else. So is that another thing that's at work here? Absolutely. And I mean, I think we saw this, right? Like earlier in the pandemic when people were doing like all these home improvement projects and like doing all of these things, right? So much sourdough bread. Yeah, so much bread (laughs) and all the recipes. You know, our brains crave novelty. Mm. And so this idea that you are stuck looking at these same four walls, like you want to change it up. So can I order some new furniture? Can I change up the paint color? Can I build myself some kind of outdoor living space so that I can kind of change up my routine a little bit. Yeah. That's why I've been obsessed with home improvement TikTok. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Oh, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at, like, supply chain stuff, like, you will notice furniture and things are, like, back order for months at a time. Wood is expensive. Yeah, or it's very expensive, right? Yeah, so, I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have gone through that same thing of just feeling like, I need something new. How can I inject some new energy or personality into my space? That makes sense. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I wonder if this is how every generation feels. Everything is just crumbling right now. Like, everything is bad. Everything is wrong. The world is mad. There's no water in California. There's freaking hurricanes in New York City. So that feels very ominous. Mm -hmm. The job situation is ominous. The whole racism thing is ominous. (laughs) And so it really, really does feel sometimes like, you know what? This is the last generation. This is... It. It's the end of times, like my grandma used to say. Right. right. You got to go to Book of Revelations, yes. Right. So I'm wondering, when it feels like this, how can we find hope? It's so dark everywhere. So where, where is the hope hiding? Listen, how, do we, how do we get it to turn on its GPS? <laughs> <laughs> Drop your location. <laughs> right, drop a pin. This is something I have been talking to my own therapist about, right? Like, it, it feels really hard when there are so many, like, awful things happening. Like, how do we wake up every day to kind of have hope? Yeah. So what she has been encouraging me to do and something we've been working on is when everything outside feels like it's chaos, you have to be able to cultivate inner calm Mm. right and so one of the best ways she says I'm like girl I don't know (laughs) one of the best ways she says is to really do some deep intentional mindfulness Uh. practicing meditation different stretches grounding exercises hard resets so you know pulling away from doom scrolling and like paying attention to the news and all of those things like really long periods of silence so that you give your body time to reset Dr. Joy, <laughs> mentally, I understand. Wait a second. Before you go on, hold on. <laughs> because I want everybody to know that as soon as Dr. Joy said mindfulness, Josh took the biggest, deepest breath, and I was like, oh, that's the word. That's, that's, that's the true. word. Josh is having an issue mentally, with Mentally, I understand her. mindfulness, right? right? Like, I understand the importance of meditation. Mm-hmm. Am I broken? Because it just doesn't feel like it works. <laughs> You know what it feels like? It feels like hypnosis mm. when people are like, it only works if you believe in it. Like, <laughs> that, like it feels fake. It feels like a tautology. It feels like a fallacy. Mm. And then I feel worse because I feel like I'm failing at something mm. that my body should be able to do. Yeah, and that's not where we want to go, right? The thing is that there are so many different ways to practice mindfulness. I think when people hear mindfulness, they think it only looks one way, but it can look a lot of different ways. So that's yeah. why I'm saying like stretching um, can be a form of mindfulness. There are like sound healing exercises and so it really is just about being intentional about being in your body Mm. so I'm not paying attention to all of the chaos outside I'm paying attention to what I do actually have control over which is my internal experience Mm -hmm. and so you know the sound treatments and water you hear people say like oh you need to go outside and pick grass kind of thing Mm -hmm. and they're being silly but really like putting your feet in the 
ground or in sand or in water. Mm -hmm. It physically jolts you into reminding yourself that there is a connection between you and something much bigger. Mm -hmm. And so getting your feet in the ground really does help you. It's called grounding for a reason. And so it really is wanting you to kind of come into this moment because this moment is all we have. Mm -hmm. Right. And so really focusing your energy on what is in the here and now as opposed to the future or what has happened in the past. I think that, like, capitalism gets you to think that everyone's version of mindfulness should look the same. Right. So they can sell it easier. (laughs) Exactly. So they can sell it to you. Exactly. And so, like, it is really helpful to hear you say that everyone's version can be different. Yeah. Also, though, like, I understand everything that you just said. It makes sense on a superficial level for me. But Mm -hmm. I'm also, like... What happens if and when I get up and I do these stretches and I feel exactly the same? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, is it a thing that just requires practice? Yeah, so you're not going to feel better, like, after one stretching session, right? Like, it is something. (laughs) Unfortunately. Uh. Unfortunately. But the other thing is that where we are in the world right now calls on every tool we can possibly have in our toolkit. We are talking about stretching and sound baths in combination with talking to a therapist, Mm. in combination with staying connected to our girls, in combination with exercise and paying attention to, you know, what we're eating and making sure we're sleeping well, right? Mm -hmm. It's not any one thing that is going to like carry us through everything that we're experiencing Mm. we're looking at all the different tools we can pull on right now to take care of ourselves again because there are so many tragedies happening one after another I think we are just at capacity and again I really feel Mm -hmm. like we just all need to lay down like that song that came out about go lay down yes (laughs) I'm about to go lay down look at your neighbor say go I said, you ain't got to tell me but once. Rest is not something we have to deserve. We don't have to work for rest. Like, rest is something that is inherently ours to take. Yeah. Um, And so I think it's an important reminder. It's so weird, though, because I feel like a lot of times... We feel like we need permission to rest. Yes. And where does that come from? Again, this hustle culture, this capitalism. Capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) All of those things. Yeah, like we shouldn't feel that way, but we do, right? And so I think it's important to interrogate why. Like what is making us feel guilty for wanting to take a nap? How do you learn how to rest? Like, how do you unlearn feeling like if you rest, you're weak? If you are resting, you're not being productive? Because listen, if I tell you I'm sitting down and resting, don't assume that I'm not doing anything because I am sitting down and resting. (laughs) That is an event, okay? I'm doing something. How do we learn how to rest? Yeah, so I think encouraging one another and making sure that we're respecting the boundaries that people put in place for them to rest. Mm -hmm. How many times has someone said they're on vacation, but we text them with a like, oh, just this one question, I hate to disturb you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so I think also encouraging one another, but also respecting people's boundaries to protect their own rest, which then helps us to create those boundaries for ourselves. I think is really important. Mm -hmm. And just like anything else, it may feel a little weird at first, but the more you practice it, the more more comfortable it becomes, the more you get out of thinking that you have to earn your rest. I feel like I need more practice then because (laughs) (laughs) I was like trying to watch television and I just kept getting... You know that feeling when you're reading a book and you read the same sentence like seven times? Because mm, you're not really paying attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I so bad at resting? 
Well, I mean, so resting, I think, can look a lot of different ways. And, you know, maybe looking at something is not what you need. Maybe you do need Mm. that hard reset, Mm. right, to kind of go silent Mm. and not try to, like, busy yourself, you know, paying attention to a show. But, like, okay, let me just turn everything off and, like, just lay here. Mm. A thing, I feel like (laughs) it's about to be blind leading the blind with me (laughs) trying to give you some advice on how to rest, right? (laughs) But Give it to me, give it to me. A thing that really helped me, and this is when I had just gotten fired, laid off, whatever, and I had a lot of time on my hands, Mm. and I was exhausted, and I was like, I'm at home all the time, why am I so fucking tired? But the real work in that for me was to monitor my thoughts as I was sitting down and resting, and like... When my body freaks out because... I feel like you're trying to trick me into meditating. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Because my brain also does not meditate. I have tried... I think I'm trying to trick you into being kind to yourself, maybe. Mm. Like when you feel your body and your brain going, you know what? You should be up doing something. There's all this work to do. There's stuff to do here at home. I just feel like I'm lazy. I feel weak. Mm -hmm. That's when in my head I would kick in and just be like, you know what? No, you're not. You're not weak. Mm. You're tired because your body needs rest. This is what your body is telling you. Mm-hmm. Just chill out. Just relax. Yeah. And it helped to know that it's not going to happen instantly. Like working out. I'm the type of bitch who will go to the gym one time, and then the next day, if my pants don't fit looser, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done working out. It yeah. doesn't work for me. No you results. Know? Yeah. Right. But, I mean, it doesn't work that way. And it's the same thing for learning how to rest. Mm. It took literal years Mm -hmm. until I could sit on the couch and do nothing but play. Yeah. I'm sorry. (sighs) Yeah, but what you're talking about, Tracy, though, is practicing both the rest, but also practicing kindness and grace to yourself, which Mm. is something else that we aren't all really good at Uh for lots of different reasons. And so, you know, being kind to yourself and talking to yourself like you would a best friend. Like, if your best friend told you they were exhausted, you wouldn't be like, girl, get up, stop being stupid and go do that work. Right? Like, you would say, you know, let's lay down like you know put on a meditation track or put on some soothing music like you would be very gentle with them but we aren't always that same way with ourselves and so it is again a practice of being gentle and kind with ourselves the way we are with other people we love Working really makes you happy. Like, seeing the money makes you happy. Like, oh, look at this. Like, yeah. oh, shit. I see a second place trophy, but I'm going to put that one in the trash. shouldn't be in here. We don't keep second place. Getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day before anybody else and grounding my thought process in no one will outwork me. No one. Don't let nobody, nothing distract you from the grind time, prime time. One thing I've been really conflicted about is the idea of hustle culture. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's very on trend right now for everyone to be like, hustle culture is bad. But when you think about people coming from like marginalized communities and people who came from no money, it makes sense to me that there would be this philosophy around like the way out is the hustle, like working hard, grinding, doing what you need to do. How do you find balance between the desire to outperform, outdo, always be on point, and also be a human being? Where is the balance? Where's the line? Yeah, so I think, you know, with a lot of things that end up being harmful for us, 
they started from a place of necessity, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, yes, a lot of people did have to hustle to kind of pull themselves up and like take care of themselves and their family. And mm. can we look at how that's also harmful, mm. right? And so going back to our conversation about how systems have failed us, again, if we had systems that were more functional and actually helpful to people, mm-hmm. we wouldn't need this system of like hustling because mm. people would have their basic needs taken care of. Mm. So I think it came from a very good place place but I also think it feeds a lot into us just not taking good care of ourselves right so when you're hustling in this hustling grind kind of thing that means you're probably not sleeping well Mm -hmm. you know you're not giving yourself time to like do any grounding or doing the things that can be restorative so again I think if we had systems that were actually taking care of people there would be more room for rest and doing other things that are nurturing Mm. I never had a summer like my parents always had me in things like I was in mm. upward bound or I was doing like these things because it was always about getting education yes. you get a good job you'll make a great life for yourself and I know that that feels true to me it feels like the best way that they knew how to make a way for me mm-hmm. within the black community do you think that there is a certain amount of guilt around the idea of rest mm-hmm. is it like culturally specific Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us have that same experience, right? Again, when we think about like the things that started out to kind of help our survival, but that might be harmful now. I think mm-hmm. this is one of those things too, right? Like the having to work twice as hard to get half as much right. kind of thing, right? Like a lot of that has been ingrained in us and was actually true at right. a certain point, mm-hmm. right? Like in some cases, it's still true. And so I think when you think about the fact that you always have to be going, you always have to be on top to try to prove your worth it doesn't go well with like laying down and resting. Mm. And so I think that there is something culturally specific to that. Typically when black folks say they're tired, we really are already past the point of exhaustion. Right. right? Like we have already gone way further than we probably needed to go. And so I think it is an important part of learning to pay attention to our cues from our body that mm. really let us know like, okay, you're about to hit that brick wall again. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give someone who mm-hmm. say... They just moved to a big metropolitan city and they just got their first apartment and they're getting their first job and Mm -hmm. they really want to succeed at this thing and the system isn't set up for them to prioritize their mental health. How do you advocate for yourself in that way? Yes, I think companies, again, capitalism, want us to believe that like there should be all this loyalty to your workplace and go above and beyond when you first get somewhere so that you can prove your worthiness and all of that stuff. But a job is really just a job. Mm. And so I think that we really need to divorce our worth from our work and and pay attention to the fact that like jobs are what keep our lights on. Mm. They are the things we need to do to kind of participate in this capitalism, whether we want to or not. But don't overextend yourself. We see like on Twitter on the timeline, like somebody will pass or, you know, somebody will share a story about somebody passing and then the job announcement is up like the next week. Mm. Right. You know, and so I think Mm. we really have to be careful of overextending ourselves and like just feeding into these systems that really are just not loyal to us. You know, so you go to work and you do your thing, but then you got to save the best for you. You can't give all of the best of you to these workplaces who aren't going to take care of you. Seriously. Mm. So 
I think all of that complicates or all of that is complicated by us working from home, right? Because home is supposed mm. to be where we go to get away from work. Yes. And that doesn't exist now for a lot of us who are working from home. Like, Josh is literally in his closet right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? So, like, what should we keep in mind when we're trying to strike this balance, but we're in the same physical space mm-hmm. all the time? Like, a thing that my therapist told me was, like, have a dedicated space for work and keep work there. Mm-hmm. And I'm good at that for a week. And then I'm on my couch answering <laughs> emails, girl. You know? Yes. Like, what, mm-hmm. what are some tips, some hacks for working from home? Yeah, so your therapist is on point. And I think just like with anything, like we practice and sometimes we do okay and sometimes we don't, but it's always a practice, right? So if one week you're doing well and next week you slip, then hopefully Mm -hmm. you get back on track the following week, right? Um, But that is absolutely right. So setting very strong physical boundaries if you can. Mm -hmm. So if you can keep work to the dining room table or if you have a dedicated office space, then that is a really good thing to do. Also having routines that mark the end of the workday can be really good. So a lot of people will like do a workout or something at the end of the workday or like we'll take a shower and like physically change into new clothes so that is like a very clear demarcation of the workday is done mm. um, I also think it's more important now more than ever to like take all of those work apps off of your phone so all mm. the slack and email and stuff like that like leave it on your computer mm-hmm. so that you're not even tempted to kind of go into the work email after the workday is done mm. I'm conflicted about the whole work from home thing in general, Mm -hmm. right? Because I hear so many of my friends be like, do you know how productive I am now that I don't have to deal with microaggressions at work? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But then at the same time, I feel like people who are in positions where they might not have as much power usually are able to like get more power by being in front of their bosses. And once you're like out of sight, out of mind, the power dynamics as they sit are usually how they flow. So, like, maybe mm. you won't even get the things that you need mm. in order to feel supported at work or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know that it's a privilege to even be able to work from home in the first place. Right. But do you think that it's helpful to work from home or do you think it's actually making us feel more isolated? I think it has been helpful for a lot of people. I mean, I think the flexibility it is offered people has been really good. I also have heard from a lot of, especially Black women, around those microaggressions, right? So, like, that mm-hmm. it feels so good. I mean, and it's sad, right? Like, the bar really is in hell. That, like, <laughs> that, you know, that this is what feels like an improvement, that I just don't have to deal with people trying to touch my hair or asking about right. these random questions. Um, But it's the truth. It's where we are in the world. And so I think a lot of people do feel better, like, that they can and just focus on the work task and not have to deal with all that other stuff. I think they enjoy working from home. But I think it varies, right? Like some people really enjoy those like little interactions they have with coworkers at work mm-hmm. or being able to go to lunch and, you know, like those kinds of things. Like some people really appreciate and enjoy that thing. And so I do think some people are struggling. But I think that that's the key, right, is that people should have a choice, right? You yeah. know, and I think so much of this push to come back into the office is about corporations trying to manage their own anxiety. Anxiety. Mm. And also, again, paying attention to the, the top line, right? Like they don't want to lose money on rent and stuff and not have bodies in those offices. Yeah. 
But I don't get it because it's like, wouldn't it be cheaper to just be like, yo, we're not on pay rent for this office, like work from home? <laughs> you would think, you would think, but I think there probably are also kind of tax breaks and stuff. Who knows how all of those like be? Yeah, it's, it's all money involved. I don't know all exactly, but I feel like a lot of it is related to like people kind of paying attention to their bottom line and micromanaging, right? So mm-hmm. if I can see you, I know that you have a better chance of working, right. even though so many people will tell you like their productivity has increased from being home because they can kind of get where they need to get done and then have time to, you know, do whatever they want. Yeah. Plus, I don't have to wear pants at home. It's so comfortable. <laughs> right. I can stay in my slippers. It is you so know, much better. If I'm over here all constricted and stuff and belts and stuff, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> I'm not thinking about work. I'm thinking about the moment I can go home and get out of this bra. Exactly. Like, just let me exist. <laughs> so what happens when... You don't have choice and you have to go back into the office. Like, what can people in those situations do to retain some of the peace and the calm that they may have found while they were working at home when it's time to go back to the office? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Tracy, I think that's why we're seeing a lot of people leaving certain jobs. That's true. Right? I mean, you know, there is a huge influx of people who are just saying, you know what? I'm just not doing it. Mm. And a lot of companies have also now opted for remote positions so that there are more jobs. Mm -hmm. on the market for people who maybe don't want to return to jobs where they are physically required to go. Mm. Um, But I do understand that some people, you know, even if they don't want to go back into a building, it kind of is a part of the job. Mm -hmm. And so I think for them, it is about doing what you need to do to take care of yourself, to keep yourself safe. So, you know, if you can be vaccinated, if you can continue to wear masks, like all of those things, but also working to see where you can get some support as a mass body Mm. of people, right? So if there are some changes or something that you want to happen in the workplace are there enough of you enough people that you can get together to like go to somebody in charge and say we would like to see this thing happen and typically it Mm. is better if you can get enough people to do that as opposed to one voice Mm. you're just full of so much good advice I swear sometimes I ask these questions and I'm just like there's no answer there's just no possible answer (laughs) I mean that doesn't mean that it will work it doesn't mean it will work but it definitely is something to try With everything that we've laid out, with all the stuff that we're going through, all the traumas that it feels like are just coming back to back to back to back, Mm -hmm. do you feel hopeful at all? There are days I feel hopeful, but, you know, there are some days that I feel like, oh, my gosh, what are we even going to do now? But I think that is where staying connected to joy and, like, doing things that feel restorative allow you to get back to a place of hopefulness. And I also think that that's the importance of the collective, right, that we don't all have to be hopeful at the same time. But if we are resting and taking care of ourselves, then the circle has us, right? Like, there are people who can hold up the front while some of us are laying down. That is so beautiful. So beautiful. I'm going to cry. So I'm going to take a nap and you hold me down. Right. right. I mean, isn't that what we do, right? Like you working in the store, you like, girl, I got a headache. I got to go lay down. And somebody's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got you. I'll let you know if the boss is coming. Right. Right. Like that's the same kind of thing. I love that. So Josh, when you can't be hopeful... Send me a text message. Maybe I'll be able to be helpful for you. <laughs> I say maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Joy. This was amazing. Where can everyone find your work? Yeah, you can find everything I have going on at therapyforblackgirls.com and also hellodrjoy.com.
Back Issue is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. This show was created and is hosted by Tracy Clayton. That's me and Josh Gwynn. That's me. Our senior producer is also Josh Gwynn, and our lead producer is Emmanuel Hapsis. Our managing producer is John Asante. Our senior editor is Leela Day. Our associate producers are Alexis Moore, Zandra Allen, and Brianna Garrett. Our intern is Arlene Arevalo. Our executive producers are Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. And our engineers are Raj Makija and Davey Sumner. This show also features amazing music by the one and only Don Will. You can follow him on all the socials at Don Will and listen to his music. He's really, really good. And you can follow me on all the socials at Brokey McPoverty. My album's not out yet, but stay tuned. (laughs) My single, my (laughs) single is dropping. You can follow me at Regarding Josh on all the socials. You can follow the show at Back Issue Podcast on Instagram. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever free podcasts are sold. You can leave us a review. Do it, do it. Five stars. And you can call the Back Issue Hotline with your pop culture emergency at 678-74-ISSUE. Okay, so y'all get to calling and subscribing, and then we're gonna go lay down. Go lay down. Oh, <laughs> it's my remix, and I'm sorry. Bye. <laughs> See you next week.